Hello, guys. Hello, middle school. Guys, welcome to Drive Breakdown. We split with the high school tonight, and we did some numbers. There's more of you than there are of them. Middle school wins, all right? So uh, listen, we're looking at doing more things like this in the future, not every single week, but we're going to be doing some more splits. Might even do some splits where some nights it's all guys and all girls, things like that. Um, but uh, other than that, you know, uh, when I first got into youth ministry, I was a youth pastor at another church. Before I was the official youth pastor, I was the middle school director. So I got my toes into the youth ministry water by being a middle school leader. That's where I started. And uh, I've got a heart for middle schoolers. Um, I had this small group of middle school boys. I had a middle school boys group. There's about seven of them. And they were weird and they were crazy, but they were awesome at the same time. And one of them was really weird. Like, we found out he lit frogs on fire in the garage. So, you know, that kind of weird. But, you know, I wasn't going to say that. It's not even in my notes, but I just threw them under the, under, the, under the bus. But here's the thing. I've always thought this ever since I started working with middle schoolers. I feel like middle schoolers, you guys take a lot of crap. You know, um, you get blamed for stuff. If a volleyball goes missing, and I'm guilty of it, I wonder where Luke Wu is. You know, like, we blame the middle schoolers for everything. You get labeled as the ones who talk too much. And I think it's unfair, even if sometimes it's true. Let's be real. It was middle schoolers that made Poop Mountain at Forge this year, all right? It was not the high schoolers. It was the middle school boys, none of whom are here to... Is that you, Jesus? Is that... Lord, speak to us, all right? Um... <laughs> But middle school can be a tough time in life, man. It can be a great time, but it can be a hard time because here's the deal with the age that you guys are in. We've got sixth through eighth grade here tonight. Uh, you get treated like a kid sometimes when you don't want to. Uh, you're expected to act mature sometimes when you don't want to. Uh, you just want to be a kid. It can be difficult because you're also at the stage in life where you're starting to deal with real complex emotions and problems and situations. A lot of firsts in your life will happen in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. For me, middle school is an important time in my life. Um, you know, uh, I actually got my first girlfriend in middle school ever. I was, somebody just went, all right. Listen, I was a little bit of a player, all right? Uh, I'll talk about her in just a minute. But you know, uh, some of you guys are way ahead of me there, you know. Uh, for me though, a big deal for me was it was in middle school when I first actually started caring about church. It's not when I first started going to church. I've gone to church my whole life. My parents made me go. Uh, for me, going to church was just, I'm not going to pay attention. I'm not going to listen. I'm going to goof off. I'm going to talk to my friends and we're going to figure out where we can get candy from. And that's what some of you guys do. And I get it because I've been there, you know. But it was when I was in seventh grade, I started going to a class uh, the youth pastor's name was Denny, Denny Dotson, and for the very first time in my life, I started paying attention to the lessons, I started being excited for the lessons, and being excited for actually going to church. Some of you guys are way ahead of me. Some of you guys are already checked in. Some of you guys are already all about church, and that's awesome, but some of you guys are where I was, where you come here on Wednesdays, and I'm glad you're here, but you don't really come for the lessons or the music. You come because your friends are here. You come because you want to throw volleyballs at each other. You come because you want to figure out what you can eat or drink or whatever, things like that, and I get that. I get goofing off and having a good time. We're glad that you're here. Whatever reason you're here for, we're glad you're here. Um, but here's the cool thing that I want you to know. You don't have to wait until you're older to start following Jesus. You don't have to wait till high school. You don't have to wait until college. You don't have to wait until you're, a, until you're one of the adult leaders because God has plans for you right now. 
God isn't going to wait until you're 16 or until you're mature or any of that stuff. If you listen for God, he will talk to you right now. Meaning if you listen to what we talk about tonight and you pray and you say, God, speak to me, he will. He's not going to say, I, I would love to, but you're only in the seventh grade. No, God will use you in the seventh grade just as much as he will use you when you're 70 years old. If you are willing to give God a chance, he'll use you. So tonight we're kind of at this in-between, right? So we just finished our series on the five virtues. All right, let's see how many of you guys remember. What's our five virtues? Contagious, audacious, tenacious, rambunctious, nothing. All right, was that Luke Wu back there? There you go. All right. I still feel targeted. All right. Uh, see then. Sir. Extra. Five. Not bad at all. So we finished that series. Next week, we're going to do something kind of cool. We're going to go through the book of James. It's five chapters. We're going to go through all five chapters. Not in one week. That would be a long lesson. But we're going to go through all five chapters together. So here's something. If you're looking to start reading your Bible, read the book of James and follow along with us on Wednesday nights. But we're in this in-between where we just have one week. So I thought, what could I talk about if I'm talking to middle schoolers and John is upstairs talking to high schoolers? And so I thought, two weeks from tonight is Valentine's Day. So maybe we could talk about love. We're going to talk about love tonight. And I will talk about my first girlfriend in a couple minutes. We're going to talk about love tonight, you guys. Uh, And we're going to... We're going to talk to you a little bit. I don't normally do this. Show of hands, how many of you guys love someone here tonight? And it doesn't have to be like boyfriend, girlfriend. Like there's someone in your life that you would gladly say, I love you. It could be mom, dad, sister, brother. Oh, there are some hands not up. Some of you are stone cold killers, all right? All right, I love you too. All right, give me your attention. Jamie, you raised your hand. Who do you say you love you to? Your mom. All right, Sophie, you raised your hand. Who do you say you love you to? Ah, uh, uh, Kevin, you raised your hand. Who do you tell that you love? Alice and Amanda. Uh, he points at Amanda and he says, Alice. All right, Mason, did you have your hand up? Yeah, who do you love, Mason? My mom. He didn't have his hand up, but I knew Mason loved somebody. All right, next question. Next question. Hang on. How many of you have ever been in love before? A couple of you. I'm going to, I'm going, hang on, hang on. I'm going to pretend like my daughter's hand is not up right now. All right. Okay. You guys are young, but that's coming. Let me talk about my first girlfriend. You guys ready? Sophie, please put your hand down. All right, middle schoolers, come on. Come on, middle schoolers. Give me your ears, all right. Um, I was in seventh grade when I had my first real girlfriend. She went, she went to my church. Her name was Heather. She was hot. I don't, I don't date girls that don't look good, all right? But listen, all right, this is before cell phones existed. That's how old I am. So we couldn't call. We couldn't text. And we only went to church together. We didn't even go to the same school. So we only saw each other on Sundays and Wednesdays. That's so quirky. Great. Okay. And so what we would have to do, hey, if you guys need to go sit in the back, you can. All right. If um, what we would do is we would have to call each other on our landlines or we have to write handwritten notes and pass them back and forth. And I remember I was on the phone with her one night and we were talking and she had to go and she said, I love you. And I said, 
okay. And I hung up. Because no, no one outside of my family had ever said that to me before. And it was kind of weird because I was like, I don't, I don't know if I love you. I don't know what that's like. I'm in seventh grade. You're like my first girlfriend ever. I mean, I like you. I think you're pretty. But I don't know if that means I love you. Love is a tough thing to understand sometimes. I, I'd like to spend time with her. I wish I could have seen her more back then. I'm glad we broke up because my wife would have been real upset if we were still going out. All right. So, uh, but, but, but here's the thing. When I say I like spending time with her, I also like spending time with my buddies. Does that mean I was in love with them? No. It's weird, right? I was confused and big shock. She broke up with me not too long after that because when she said, I love you, I said, okay. So that one didn't go too well for me. But love is important, you guys, especially if we want to know God more and follow Jesus. Why? Look at what the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. It says, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. God is is love. Not God is good at love or God loves love. God is love. And the more we understand God and the more we know about him, the more we will know about love, which makes life a little bit easier. But here's where it gets tricky. When we read our Bible, and I hope that you guys read your Bible on your own, but when we put them on the screen and stuff like that, we always read it in English because that's the language that we speak. But you probably know that the Bible wasn't written in English, and the people who lived back then didn't speak English. In fact, there's three languages that make up the Bible. Does anyone know what one of them are? Jamie, give me, or Luke, give me one. Uh, Aramaic. Aramaic. Annabelle. Hebrew. And the third one is a little different. Justin. Greek. Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. So the New Testament, which is all the Jesus stuff, was written mostly in Greek, but it was written in Greek about people who spoke Hebrew. So they spoke Hebrew, it got written down in Greek, and then it got translated to English. And what that means is sometimes things get lost in translation. And one thing that gets really lost is the word love. You see, in the Greek language, there was seven different words for love. We're not going to talk about all seven of them, but I want to talk about four of them tonight. Because for some people, when you hear things like, God loves you, that's not really great news to you because in your experience, love kind of sucks. You know, you've been burned by people who said that they loved you or were supposed to love you and they didn't. So the idea of love isn't really good news to you because in your experience, for some of you, love stinks or love doesn't last or love has conditions that if you can't live up to those standards, the love goes away. Well, what if I told you that the love that you've experienced in your life that has let you down is different than the love that we use to describe God when it says that God is love? And when we look at the languages that it was written in, we actually see that when we read the word love, different words apply. So let's talk about the first one. The first one is eros. In the Greek, the word eros describes a certain type of love. This type of love is romantic kind of love. Boyfriend, girlfriend kind of love. Husband, wife kind of love. Kevin loves Amanda kind of love. So I think we can all agree, this is a perfect example, right? Kevin said he loves Amanda. Kevin said he loves Ellis. Can we agree that's a different kind of love, yeah. right? And so when we say love, we have one word, but the Bible had so many different words. And so as we talk about eros, which is the romantic love, here's a good description of that kind of love in the Bible from the Song of Solomon. It says, you have captivated my heart, my sister, my bride. You have captivated my heart with one glance of your eyes, with one jewel of your necklace. How beautiful is your love my sister, my bride. Now, I was going to explain that maybe the, when he said sister, he just meant like 
something different, but back then, like, actual brothers and sisters sometimes got married, so maybe he was. I don't know. All right? Yeah. But it says, how beautiful is your love? He's talking about Eros love because he's writing about somebody that he is into, all right? And listen, that type of love, you guys, can be great. And I hope that one day you find that love in your life. I have been married for almost 22 years. That's awesome. Um, Last month, last month, my wife and I celebrated 26 years together. That's a long time, all right? And so my love for my wife and my my wife's love for me is that Eros type of love. It's the romantic kind of love where it makes you fall in love and want to get married and have a family with somebody. That's the type of love that we have. And our love has stood the test of time so far, and I hope that it stands the the rest of my time here on this earth. And it's lasted through trials and obstacles, and we haven't always had great days. We've gone through some really tough times, but our love has stood through it. But that's not true for everyone. Did you guys know that about 50% of marriages end in divorce? Some of you guys know that because you live in a home where your parents were divorced. Or your parents are together, but it's not their first marriage. Your your mom or your dad married your your mom or your dad, but before that, they were married to somebody else. A lot of marriages end in divorce. And so the odds are that you guys know what that's like. Uh, Maybe you you, you you take before marriage, just consider dating. Every dating relationship you're going to have is going to end unless you marry that person. So let's say Jamie dates 10 girls in his lifetime... And he marries one of them. You know what that means? Nine of them failed. Nine, eight, 32 and counting. All right. So my point is this. Even if you do find the love of your life in one person, if you have to go through 32 people to find it, that means 31 times your Eros love did not last. And why does Eros love hurt sometimes? Because feelings change. How many of you guys have ever been interested in someone, and then you're just like, actually, I'm done. Haircut, (laughs) I'm done, all right? Feelings change. Maybe there's betrayal or trust is broken. But whatever causes it, it hurts when a person that you used to care for doesn't care for you anymore. I've got a story around the bad guy. I'm talking about another person that I dated. I was a real player, all right? So when I was in high school, when I was in high school, I had a girlfriend named Robin. And uh, me and Robin really liked each other. Uh, we talked every day. Uh, we wrote notes, again, because still no cell phones. I would drive to her house. She would drive to mine. Uh, and it was going pretty well. Um, and it even got to the point where she said, I love you. And I said it back. I said, I love you, too. I learned my lesson, all right? And so we were saying, I love you, back and forth to each other. But here's what happened. She went on vacation for, like, a full month one summer. She was gone, like, all of June. And she started writing me letters. I was getting letters in the mail every single day from Robin. And as I got these letters, and she's just gushing, like, I miss you so much. I just wish you were here. I can't, I can't wait to see you again. 29 days, 18 hours, 17 minutes. That's the effect I have on ladies, all right? So, you know, uh, but she's writing these things. And as I'm reading these notes, I started to realize, man, she really, 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 really misses me. And I don't really miss her. <laughs> but here's the thing. I realized I was just as happy when she was around as I was when she wasn't around. So I'm like, well, maybe she's not the source of my happiness, so maybe I don't love her. And I got to tell you, I handled it poorly. When she got back from vacation, I avoided her for a little bit. I stopped taking her calls. Uh, When we were together, I I did everything I could to not really have to spend time with her and stuff like that. And she picked up on it, and she came to my house one day, and she sat down, and she said, I need you to tell me 
that you still love me. And I looked her dead in the eye and I said, I'm not a liar. I was a dog. And I made her cry. And uh, I, didn't, uh, I didn't have my car that day, so she was crying. I dumped her. And then she drove me to my friend's house and dropped me off. So here's the deal. I broke her heart. I've had my heart broken before, too. Some of you guys have had your hearts broken. Eros love can break your heart when it ends, and there's a million reasons why it can end. Here's what you need to know. God's love for you is not Eros. God's love for you is not romantic. Here's the next one. The next type of love is, love is storage. No? So that doesn't sound so good to be like, hey, I storage you, all right? Here's what storage means. Storage love is a family type of love, all right? Um, your mom or your dad love you or you love them, right? You're, you love your parents, your siblings, sometimes you love them. That kind of love can also be really really great. It's about familiarity, all right? And you get used to a person. They're always around. They're always there for you. And we need people like that. We need people we can trust. We need people that we can count on. We need people that are going to be with us through the ups and downs of life. But again, that kind of love has conditions, and that kind of love can end. And I'll use myself as an example again. I, I grew up in a great home. My mom and my dad loved me very much. I have one brother, one sister. Growing up, they loved me very much. But as we got older... My sister changed, and my sister started believing different things. My sister went down a weird path. Uh, I haven't talked to my sister face-to-face -face in years. Uh, in fact, the only communication I have with my sister is she writes letters to my family or to me uh, telling us how wrong we are, how bad we are, different things. Um, my sister does not love me anymore. And some of you know what that's like. You could be like, yeah, family sounds great, but my family sucks. My parents don't love me. My brother doesn't love me. My sister doesn't love me. Storage love is great when it works, but sometimes it just stops working. Some of you know what it feels like when the family that's supposed to be there for you when you hurt is the one that's causing you your hurt. And they're the reason when things go bad. Some of you guys are dealing with hurt from your parents or your guardians because they weren't there for you and they didn't love you like they were supposed to. And if that's the case, guys, I am so sorry that you had to deal with that. But storage love is good when it's done right, but it can end and it can change. The problem with viewing God's love as storage love is that even families can fall apart. So God's love for you is not storage. Next one you've probably experienced the most, love is philia. Philia, does anyone know what this type of love is? Annabelle. Friends? Pretty close. Who said that? All right, the city of Philadelphia. Philia is the city of brotherly love. So not like your actual brother, but like your friends. The love you have for your people. The people you choose to spend your life with, all right? Those are the people that matter to us. Hey, guys, give me your ears for just a couple more minutes, all right? Leaders, if you could help me out. They're going a little nuts here, okay? The people you bring into your life. Think about it. You love your friends, right? You, the, the people you spend your time with, if you could choose to hang out with anybody, you'd pick your friends, probably over your mom or your dad or your youth pastor or something like that. Those are your people. Those are the people that you love. But the love that uh, people have for you that, that aren't your friends or that aren't your family, that is philia. I have a friend named Eric, and it's kind of weird to me. Every time we FaceTime, he's like, okay, love you, bye. And I'm like, that's weird. But he does love me, but it's a philia type of love, all right? And it's a good kind of love. In fact, the Bible tells us about this kind of love. Hebrews 13.1 says this, let brotherly love continue. 
We gotta do our best to keep loving our friends. Love your people. The people that are there for you, your friends you can count on, love those people. Someone who will have your back. Someone who will take care of you. Someone who will stick up for you. Someone who might throw a punch for you if they need to, all right? Someone who will pick you up when you fall down, pray for you, be a rock that you can lean on. That is philia. And hey, God is good at all those things too, but just like all the others, philia is a love that can end. How many of you guys have someone that you used to be friends with? That's philia that has ended. How many of you guys, let's take it a step farther, have someone that was once a friend that is now an enemy? So you know what it's like to have that love not only end, but turn as far opposite as it can go. And filial love, unfortunately, happens like that. People say, I'll be there for you until something happens. I'll be there for you unless you talk about me like this. I've got your back unless this happens. It's conditional, and while it's good, you can't always count on it. And here's the good news. God's love for you is not philia. So what is God's love? If it's not eros, if it's not storage, if it's not philia, what is it? What's the difference? God's love is agape love. So when we read about God's love, I want you to remember this word agape because that's the type of love God is. When it says God is love, read it and say God is Agape, plain and simple, what makes God's love different than all the other kinds is one specific word. Agape love is unconditional love. Every other type of love you're gonna experience in life has conditions on it. People will love you until you reach a certain point. People will love you unless you do a certain thing or unless you stop doing a certain thing. All these loves have conditions where people will love you as long as you do this or as long as you don't do that. But if those things change, so does the love. But with God, though, he loves you no matter what. This is really important, okay? And I'm glad you guys are quieted down for this part. There is nothing you can do that can make God love you more than he does right now. And there is nothing you can do that can make God love you less than he does right now. That is awesome to know, all right? That is so good to know because we can screw up our lives pretty bad. And even when we screw up our lives pretty bad and our philia love stops and our storage love stops and our eros love stops, agape love never stops. There's a passage in the Bible that some people call the love chapter of the Bible and it describes agape love. Let's read it in 1 Corinthians 13. So when we say love, use the word agape. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Agape never ends. Why is God's love so great? Because it never ends. God is always going to love you. The love that your parents have, it might last you your whole life, but the truth is it might not. I can't promise that. Your friends, they might not always care for you. Your boyfriend or your girlfriend probably won't love you forever. The person that you're interested in is probably not the person you're gonna marry one day. But God, his love never ends because God's love for you is agape. You guys, maybe you're here tonight and you're struggling with trusting God because love has burned you before. So when you come to church and you hear God loves you, you're like, great, a lot of people have loved me and love sucks because I just get hurt. I understand that. I want you to know that the love that has hurt you before is, is not the love that God has for you. God's love is not a love that will hurt you or burn you or reject you. 
or abandon you. God will always love you. The love that has hurt you in your past was not agape love. It was one other kind of love, and those can be great. They can be awesome. I've got plenty of relationships in my life that I am happy with that describe those different kinds of love. But nothing compares to agape love. As much as I love my wife, again, I said, we've been together 22 years in marriage, 26 years together. I could screw it all up. She could screw it all up, and something could happen that would make us stop loving each other. It would have to be pretty extreme, but it could happen. I love my kids. I have three kids. One of them's in here. I have two boys that have graduated. I love them so, so much. And it's hard for me to picture that there's something that could happen in our lives that would change their love for me and my love for them, but it happens in families all the time. You might have friends that you think they are there for me, they are my ride or die, they have my back, they are more than family, they are everything to me. Can I tell you something? That could end like that, because that's how people are. But God is never going to change his mind about you. He loves you agape, unconditionally, no matter what you've done, where you've been, or how far away you are, he loves you. And we see it in Jesus and what he did on the cross for us. If you ever wonder if God really loves you, just read about the cross. If he didn't love you, he wouldn't die for you. He didn't die for you when you were being good. He didn't die for you on your best days. He died for you at your worst. A verse I didn't put in my notes tonight is this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus died for you on the worst day of your life. I want you to think for a second. We've all got those bad days, right? We've all got those moments that if I could say, hey, video screen, we're gonna watch and see what Molly did. We've all got some moments that if we put them on the screen, we would never show our face in this room again. We've all got some things that we're like, I don't want anybody to find out what I did or what I've been doing, all right? Because when people find out about those things, they might walk out on us. Can I tell you something? That's... That's when Jesus died for you. Jesus looked at you in that moment and loved you so much despite your sin, despite your mess-ups, despite your mistakes, and said, I love them so much that I need to make a way out of what they are doing for them. It's awesome. Guys, God loves you. When I say God loves you, he don't want to marry you. He don't want to hang out with you. God wants to be a part of your life for all of eternity, because God's love for you is agape. If you're here tonight and you've never accepted that love, I would love to talk to you, find a leader or anything like that before we go home. But we're going to pray right now. We don't have groups tonight. We're going to pray. We're going to do some announcements. We're going to finish up our night. So let's go ahead and pray together. Father, we come to you today. I thank you so much for this group of middle schoolers. I thank you for their faithfulness. I thank you for the ones who are here every week. I thank you for the ones who are here for the very first time tonight. It takes a step of faith to walk into a place you don't know with people you don't know. And I just pray that they feel encouraged tonight. God, I pray for everyone who hears my voice. I pray for the high schoolers upstairs. Remind us that your love is agape. Your love is unconditional. So when people hurt us, when family hurts us, when friends hurt us, when boyfriends, girlfriends, crushes, when they hurt us, Lord, help us to go to you because you will never leave us. You will never forsake us. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You will always love us. We thank you for your love. Help us to love like you. In your name we pray. Amen.